And so how much are you looking to raise? So currently uh, we're looking at 200,000 uh, in a $2 million cap, 20% discount. Uh, we have 125K of that hard committed, 25 soft committed. So we have 50,000 outstanding currently. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Ark Goliath. He's a CEO of Safa, a B2B SaaS company automating the safety analysis process for safety critical software. Ark, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. What's an example of safety critical software? Yeah, so safety critical software, uh, you know, specifically, we can look at a, a few different industries, uh, the automotive industry, robotics industry, medical devices, and aerospace. Essentially, you know, these are exceptionally complex systems, uh, and you know, they're dealing with uh, humans in many cases, either in the transportation of them, or they're working around them. So in any case where a failure can happen to, in the operation of that software that may harm a human, uh, we can consider that a safety critical software. So you might sell to Delta Airlines and the software that runs the planes that they have to check right before every every takeoff. Yeah, yeah. In theory, Delta Airlines could could use our product for for any of their safety case development around their planes. Yep. Interesting. Okay. And so, how do you price this thing? What's the average customer paying per year? Yeah. So currently, you know, we're we're pre revenue and very early stage. So when we're looking at pricing, we're typically using a you know competitor pricing. Uh, so we we're looking at IBM doors, JAMA software. These are very large requirements management softwares in the space. Uh, for reference, there IBM doors can start at fifty thousand dollars for an enterprise application. Uh, then they'll charge uh, you know any additional user seats. Typically, this ranges from five hundred to sixteen hundred dollars, uh, and then any additional functionality and add-ons coming in for you know whatever price they may put that at. And Arc, so you're you're building, you're building, you're building. What when did you write the first line of code this year, last year, sometime else? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to give a little background, uh, you know, we've been working with a professor at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, her name is Dr. Jane Cleland Huang, and she's been working on traceability, specifically automating that process for the last 20 plus years. Uh, so if she was here, she'd probably say she started in, in early 2000s trying to figure this problem out. You guys, though, joining a team was last year? Yes, I was brought on specifically to commercialize this technology into a standalone spin-out from the university. Yeah, so this is always, we get this a lot with founders. I remember when I was at Virginia Tech, trying to spin IP out of the university's research lab was a nightmare because they yeah. just had very archaic terms around ownership and all this kind of stuff. So is Notre Dame friendly here? How much equity does Notre Dame own in Safa? Yeah, so we're we're working directly with the Idea Center at Notre Dame. They're their uh, you know, entrepreneurship center. Uh, they've typically the the classic process is sort of just to license IP out uh, to larger corporations, uh, and then you know in some cases that research may or may not come to light. Uh, in this case, we were attempting to build a startup within Notre Dame. So currently, uh, we are 100% Notre Dame wholly owned. Uh, but in the next month, month and a half, we will be spinning out the company, and Notre Dame will have you know a 20% stake in terms of the Idea Center, and then we'll also be playing paying a nominal license fee uh, to the University of Notre Dame. 
Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Plus license fee. And then what does that leave for you, the professor and any of their co-founders? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've sort of set aside for now in terms of first round, uh, first round investment, uh, you know, in, in a seed round or something like that, uh, as well as an employee options pool around the 40 to 50% uh, of that equity table or that cap table in terms of what goes to everyone else. Uh, you know, Jane is going to be keeping like a, about a 9% equity stake. Um, Alberto, who is our lead engineer, another 9%. Uh, myself will be at 10%. Uh, and then we have um, we have our, our AI engineer Jin Fang who who will have two percent as well. Interesting. Okay, so between Jane, the lead engineer, you, the uh, lead AI engineer, you guys all together own fifty percent, right? Just a, a, a little bit under, yeah, a okay. little bit under, which we've and gotten then, pushback on. So. Yeah, and then the, an, an investor put some capital on their own, some above that. Notre Dame will keep twenty percent, and that's how mm-hmm. you're planning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, I guess why do a guy like you, you're bright, you're sharp, you can commercialize. Why get in a mess like this? Why not just launch something yourself from scratch and own hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really was, uh, I guess a, a happy accident or, or whatever you want to call it, a, a, an event of chaos, uh, where I happened to interview for a, a random position, looking at founder associates for, for this university research, right? Can, do you have the skills or the background to essentially commercialize this technology? Um, for me, it, it's just quite a phenomenal piece of technology. The, the, the natural language processing models and deep learning models that we're applying to this problem are, are exceptionally generalizable. Um, so, you know, for on my own end, I, I've looked at starting separate companies around natural language processing, and it just seemed like a better fit um, for me and my skills for something that you know we can expand into many industries for. So, you're in charge of commercialization. Who's going to be your first customer? Yeah, so right now, uh, you know, we're, we're finishing up our MVP, and I know that term is used very broadly, but but this will be somewhat of a more put together uh, first product offering, if you will. Uh, we're currently looking at two to three development partners that we're going to be starting with in the next month to month and a half. Um, one of those is LHP Engineering. We're currently in talks about. You know, what will that potential partnership look like? How can we add to their process? They work specifically within the automotive industry um, and will be helping us with some you know, implementation for, for some of our more advanced features. And then we're looking at two other smaller companies that work in the robotics field, specifically within agritech and uh, mobile robotics. Mm-hmm. Also, is LHP Engineering going to be paying you for this? So LHP Engineering is actually going to, right now we're discussing them coming in on our safe round. Uh, so they would come in for potentially they've soft committed to twenty five thousand um, dollars. So, you know, I guess technically they, they they we won't consider that payment. We may have them pay us a nominal amount in order to say it's a paid pilot. Um, but moving forward, the other pilot partners will be paying us. Yeah. All right, guys, this is almost comical. These guys reached out to sponsor the show, and obviously I use and test every sponsor that comes through. This is crazy. I started asking other founders, hey, have you heard of these guys? And some of the fastest growing SaaS founders use these guys for one specific thing. If you guys are building a SaaS application that relies on your customers integrating with HubSpot or Google Drive or Stripe or Salesforce or MailChimp, having your engineering team spend the time to study all those API docs manually build the integrations and then maintain those integrations over time is a massive engineering time suck. This tool allows you to ship those integrations with a push of a button to your customers. You save engineering time, you avoid all those messy docs. It's just a much simpler process. Now, many of you guys solve this by just sending people to Zapier, but that takes people out of your experience, which you don't want to do. 
Try Paragon today at nathanlatka.com forward slash Paragon. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash P-A-R-A-G-O-N. And so when do you think you can get your first paid customer spun up, right? You refresh the BB&T or Chase bank account. Whoa, there's 50K there. Yeah. 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 So right now, uh, at least the way that the product roadmap is, is turning out, um, we're looking at a beta program in about Q2 or Q3 of 2022. Uh, and then we're looking at a full release in Q1 of 2024 uh, or 2023. Sorry, my mistake. Um, so we'll probably be looking at that first paying candidate uh, within that beta program. Obviously, that'll be a discounted fee. In terms of what a full license fee or, or license customer will look like, we'll probably be, probably see that in Q1 of 2023. What are you learning right now as you talk and have commercialization conversations? What can you price against? Is it sort of number of software runs or tests completed in a certain month? Or what, what's the metric? Yeah, so that that's an option. It's an option that we're sort of open to. Uh, the The traditional way we've seen pricing in this industry is how many users uh, are actually on the platform. So within an engineering team, do you have 10 people who would be interacting with this platform, 20 people? Uh, and typically that's how IBM Doors and JAMA Software price their, price their offering as well. Mm-hmm. And why? What are you guys doing uniquely different than than uh, than those two companies, IBM Doors and JAMA Software? Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, the, the biggest and, and most obvious is the machine learning and deep learning aspect of it. So, I mean, the, these are great tools, right? We're, we're not going to knock against them, but essentially they provide a, a blank slate uh, for companies to come into and create all of their documentation, uh, link all of this documentation together and, and provide change analysis that way. Uh, where SAFA is differentiated is within that application of uh, deep learning and natural language processing. So as opposed to having an engineer having to manually go through and link all of these things together, uh, we can automate that pro- process, partially automate it so that we can speed that up. In terms of change analysis, we're able to better understand uh, how one change in a part of a complex system affects a top-level requirement or something like this. Uh, and then finally, we're also looking at integrating safety standards directly into the platform, uh, mm. sort of na- native standard support, which IBM Doors and JAMA, they, they don't provide this. Uh, engineers typically need to know this like the back of their hand. Uh, but if we can provide them uh, the, this type of support within the platform, we can increase that speed to safety certification. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And how many folks are on the team today full-time? Yeah, so full-time... Uh, we currently, we technically don't have any full-time employees uh, at the company, uh, but we do have uh, our lead front-end engineer, our lead engineer. Uh, we have two... So I guess how many are how many are part-time total? Yeah. Yeah. So for uh, about six, six people. Six. Yeah. And so because you're still waiting on the MVP to get done, are you in charge of raising the safe round as head of commercialization? Yes. Yes. That is, I, I handle all of the business side in terms of you know, setting up the websites, getting all of the product market fit uh, validation into place, um, any infrastructure we may need. And then finally, uh, also interfacing with VCs and, and getting that funding. And so how much are you looking to raise? So currently uh, we're looking at 200,000 uh, and a $2 million cap, 20% discount. Uh, we have 125K of that hard committed, 25 soft committed. So we have 50,000 outstanding currently. Very cool. And so when do you think that'll close? Uh, we're looking to close that at the end of next month uh, that we should have everyone in. And I'm, I'm currently meeting uh, weekly with with people to, to, to drum up interest. So. Well, you're, you're off to the races, Ark. It's going to be fun to watch. You have to come in six months and uh, 12 months, give us an update, okay? Yeah. yeah All right. Awesome. Before we wrap up, let's uh, chat uh, through the famous five here. Number one, favorite business book? Favorite business book? Um, 
Uh, it's it's kind of a cop out. Start with why. <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, Masayoshi-san. Even though I wouldn't really consider him as much of a CEO, but more of a, a, a holdings. Um, I guess SoftBank's more of a holdings company now, but yeah. <laughs> Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Um, Notion. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, five to six. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Um, sing or, well, I'm not single. I'm, I'm in a relationship. Yeah, long not married, relationship, no but kids. Not married. Yeah. No kids. <laughs> All right. How old are you, Ark? I am 27 years old. 27. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, something I wish. If you give your all to something, it will work out. Don't, don't stress out about it. Guys, there you have it. Stop on that AI, a Notre Dame spin out. And in case you're not familiar with how those spin outs work, you know, they're anticipating Notre Dame will own about 20% of the IP. The professor that developed it will own about 9%. ARC in charge of commercialization will own, call it 10%. And then some key engineers and other employees own 20 to 30%. In addition to the investors coming in on their $200,000 safe right now that they're closing on a 2 million cap. We hope they can get it done. They're building software that helps uh, security critical infrastructure manage and make sure testing is working and competing with directly with IBM doors and JAMA software. We'll see what happens next. Ark, thanks for taking us to the top. Cool. Thank you, Nathan.